As we continue our series on the minefield, how many of you like waiting? Oh, what, oh, what happened? What happened? You don't like to wait? How many of you like to wait in line? How many of you like to wait in traffic? How many of you like waiting for your doctor to come? Your appointment is at 9 o'clock. It's already 10.30. Your doctor still hasn't seen you. You like to wait? Normally, we don't like to wait, right? How many of you have pieces of candy on your chair? How many of you have taken the liberty to eat that candy? Can you... Can, Ah! Ah! You see, our topic for this morning is the minefield of immediate gratification. I purposely placed one piece of chocolate in each chair, making sure that, wait, one, two, three, four. There, there should be four pieces of chocolate here, but nobody is sitting here. Where did it go? You see? Because we don't like to wait. We want everything to be done yesterday. Nobody wants to go to the bank anymore because I can use drive through banking. I can do banking online. When you go into McDonald's, McDonald's is already a fast food chain, right? But if you've been inside the McDonald's lately, what do you have? You do not even need to talk to anyone. You go inside, they have this big monitor. You choose your order. And then you want to, you know, uh, personalize your order. So change this to this, this to that. And then you have the machine over there. You can pay. And then it will give you a number and they will call your number and you just get their food, your food. You don't need to talk to anyone. Everyone wants then done, things done yesterday. Remember in the past I shared with you, there is a bumper sticker. Lord, give me patience. Now. Oh, you are asking the Lord to give you patience, but you are not even patient enough to wait for God's answer. The minefield of immediate gratification. Now, like what we had before, our Pastor Peter had coined a very important word, excusitis. Excusitis. You always want to give an excuse. It's never your fault. This morning, we'll have another word for you. Who knows, one of these days, it might already actually be in the Webster's Dictionary. Immediate gratification or immediatitis. Immediatitis. What is immediatitis? Immediatitis is a spiritual disease that demands quick and immediate gratification of desires. It is not able to wait. Pleasure and success must be now. The tendency to choose a small reward now at the expense of a larger reward later. That is immediatitis. Why is this a minefield? Why is immediate gratification dangerous? Because unbeknownst to many of us, there is a warning. In Proverbs 20, verse 21, it reads, can we all read this please? An inheritance hurriedly will not be blessed in the end. Do you remember the parable of the prodigal son? When did he want to get his inheritance? Was he willing to wait at least for his father to die? No. If I were to paraphrase it, I would paraphrase it this way. 
Dad, sooner or later, you're going to die, right? And sooner or later, I'm going to get my inheritance from your estate, right? Can I just have my inheritance now? You're going to die anyway. Let me enjoy my inheritance now while I can. Because death is inevitable anyway. And what's coming to me will come to me anyway. So can I just have it now? And how did the story unfold? Because the father is a loving father, he did not only give the share of the estate to the younger brother. The Bible says he divided his estate among them. It was the younger son who asked for the inheritance. The elder son also got his inheritance. An inheritance gained hurriedly at the beginning will not be blessed in the end. Have you noticed? I think you will agree that it is easier to spend money that was just given to you than money that you worked for. Christmas, you get monetary gifts, easy to spend left and right. But try to spend your first paycheck. Your first paycheck. You almost idolize it. Wow. This is my first paycheck. I will laminate it. I will put it there when they can see. Last year, I went to the Philippines. I was off work for about six to seven weeks. When I got my paycheck, I took a photo. And I sent it to all of my family members. Dinner is on me. $14.06 was my paycheck. Because I have run out of my vacation and sick time. And in my absence, what? Pay a sick leave without pay. $14.06. Do you think we ate out? No, we did not eat out. Why? I, you know, my wife and I, we live on cash basis. No cash, no basis. <laughs> if you try to apply that, it's very simple. Are we going to eat out? No cash. We are not going to eat out. But because we are so enamored, entangled, ensnared, with the idea of immediate gratification and this mentality called entitlement. We deviate from God's plan and implement our own plan. True or not true? True. We take matters into our own hands. We are not willing to wait for God. Sometimes we even say that, God, you're too slow. Let me help you. And what happens? In the end, what does it say? An inheritance gained hurriedly at the beginning will not be blessed in the end. Let's commit the time to the Lord this morning as we continue with our message. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that your word is true. It will stand forever. And as we look into your word, Lord God, we ask that your Holy Spirit Teach us what you would like us to learn and that we will be faithful to obey whatever it is that you want us to follow. May the glory go to you this morning, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What's the topic today? Immediate gratification. Immediatitis. Now, in 1970, there is what is called the Marshmallow Test Research. Stanford professor Walter Mischel did this. He gathered four-year-old four children with one marshmallow. The test was this. If you do not eat that marshmallow for the next 15 minutes, I will give you another marshmallow. If you did not eat those chocolates there, 
I have more chocolates in my bag. Alright? So this was the test. What will happen if I give four-year-olds a marshmallow and tell them, encourage them to wait 15 minutes and if they haven't eaten that one marshmallow, I will give them a second marshmallow. That's the test. This is the result. The unexpected correlation of that test. 10 to 20 years later, the SAT scores were higher. There were less addictions to those children who decided to wait. The, prefront the prefrontal cortex was more developed versus the ventral startium linked to addictions. Why? Because they learned to wait. Now, that is this guy's research. Now, are we guilty of immediatitis? What are some symptoms of immediatitis? Money. Get rich quick schemes. If you just use this rule of thumb, you will save a lot of money. If it is too good to be true, it must be too good to be true. Some of you have asked me before about Bitcoin. Why was I the source? Because for several years, I worked for the Philippine Stock Exchange. So I know some things about the stock market. I do not know an, a much about Bitcoin. But what I do know is this. It is not backed by any asset. So you're buying into an idea. It is like derivatives. Derivatives was one of the causes of the financial crash some years ago. Why? Derivatives. What is a derivative? Oh, let me invest. Invest in what? Oh, the stock market, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, will break 20,000. And if it does not, what happens? You lose. And you bet. You really bet. You bet on what? An idea. But get rich quick. Lord, what are the six numbers? <laughs> it is already 500 million. <laughs> I will tie 20%. Credit card. Oh, how many of you use credit card? Oh, you don't want to raise your hand. Everybody in the U.S. uses credit card. Right? But your husband has credit card. <laughs> what? You know, that's just the reality here in the U.S. Because the U.S. is fast becoming a cashless society. All you need is your credit card number. You don't even need your, your actual card. Yes? Amazon. Buy now, one click. You just log on, choose the item, buy now, one click. Well, we don't have money. Well, we have credit card. Buy now, pay later. Zero interest. Best buy, 5% off now or 18 months, zero interest. Huh? I'm not encouraging you, huh? <laughs> I'm warning you of immediatitis. Credit card. You cannot afford it. You do not have the cash. So you are, in effect, already spending future income. Because you anticipate that on the 15th or on the 30th of the month, you will have some money coming in. Therefore, I can now buy the item. Right? Okay. What else? Career. Son, have you applied for a job? Yes, but nobody is looking for president of the company. When you're going up the ladder, do you start from the top or from the bottom? Oh. Yeah, but they want to apply. They're fresh out of college, right? All the grades was consistent. 75, 75, 75, 75. <laughs> and then they want to be the CEO. Not the, Christia, the, not the Christmas and Easter only, but they want the chief executive officer from day one. 
And then, they got a job. After two months, they resigned. Why? They did not promote me yet. You're not even entitled to your medical yet because 90 days before you're entitled to medical, you want to resign because you want to look for a better and higher paying job. We're all impatient. Relationships. Love. Especially ladies, sorry. You know, when the clock is ticking, you're over the calendar. You want relationship. And because of the media, Hollywood has expressed that love equates sex. So why wait? It will happen anyway. Everybody is doing it. Or manage. Let's not wait for God's best. As long as He is still breathing. <laughs> because the clock is ticking. The train might leave. And I cannot get on the train. Let's see. He still has a pulse. Yes! <laughs> Husband and wife problem. Right? You attend a marriage retreat. And then the next day you expect that the frog of a husband that you married is now Prince Charming. Wait for the process. God is not yet done. Spiritual growth. Oh, some of you have come to faith ahead of your spouse. And then you're waiting. Oh, God, why is my spouse still way behind? Hurry up, hurry up. Immediatitis. We want everything right away. When did you need the support, sir? Yesterday. Beware of immediatitis. What is the solution? You have to practice self-discipline. The hardest person to teach, the hardest person to discipline is yourself. That's why the cure to immediatitis is for you and I to practice self-discipline. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. On the other hand, discipline yourself. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is only of little profit. But godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So if you want to invest in this life and in the life after, practice self-discipline. If you and I do not practice worshiping God right here, right now. When you go to heaven, you might be like this. What is going on here? What are they doing? Why? Because when you're at worship, you're also like that. Practice. Practice self-discipline. Practice restraint. Because godliness is profitable not only for this life, but also for the next life. Look at this other verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27. Do you not know that those who run a race all run, but only one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Okay? Now when you're, you know, we just finished the Winter Olympics. Do you think that those athletes, oh, Olympics, next week na, I'll go to my closet, 
I will get my skis and my mask and my suit because next week is Olympics. So I have to train already. Too late. And then you expect to win the gold medal? You know what gold medal you will get? The gold medal flower. That's the only gold medal that you will get. You have to invest. You have to train. Train now because there is a test in the future. These athletes train day in, day out. They train in the gym. They swim. They eat properly. They sleep properly. Why? Because they are in competition. And it says only one will win the prize. But Paul is reminding us, these human races compared to us, they're only running after something that is perishable, something that is worldly. We, on the other hand, are running a race to win the prize. But this is a heavenly reward. Discipline. Exercise self-control. That's why Paul says, Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. Do you watch boxing? Manny Pacquiao? When Manny Pacquiao is in the, you know, he has a fight, zero crime in the Philippines. Even the criminals are watching Manny Pacquiao. And the sports analysts have said time and time again that it takes more effort to swing and miss. Because the effort that you give, but then you miss. At least if you hit him, the, the energy, the inertia stops at the point of contact. So Paul is saying, I don't run aimlessly. I have a goal, I have a target. So I do not box as if I'm just beating the air. He says, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Now I know that some of you have a different version of your Bible. In this particular verse, you like the American Standard Version, which reads, but I buffet my body. No. It's buffet. It is not buffet. And then you will rationalize. But you know, it's only $12.99. And it is ribs and seafood and dessert. It's $12.99. So we should eat out. Okay. If you only have $14.03 like my paycheck, and you're going to have a buffet at $12.99 plus tax, you will have to wash dishes. Because this is what I heard from uh, Pastor John MacArthur. Too much month at the end of the money. Oh, did you get it? Too much month at the end of the money. You got it? No more money. Money has run out, but your paycheck is like a week and a half to go. Too much month at the end of the money. So you must practice self-discipline. Budget. You know, don't eat out. Do what you can. Live a life of self-discipline. Live a life of self-control. Live a life of restraint. Self-discipline. The ability to say no to immediate gratification in order to say yes to what is best for the future. You have money now. You can spend it. That's immediate gratification. Or you can invest that money and that money will grow. And then your money at the end will be more than what you have now. See the ant, O sluggard. It labors day in and day out. Because the ant never knows when the rain will come. But when the rain comes, the ant has stored enough for the rainy day. Self-discipline is the ability to say no to immediate gratification in order to say yes 
to what is best for the future. Self-control is the ability to always choose the important thing rather than the urgent thing. Case in point. For example, I'm preparing a message or I'm going to teach or a Bible study. Is that not important? It is? Siguro naman. It is important. Right? And then, for example, my wife will come in and say, uh, In song, I have a problem with the car. It won't start. This, 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 and that. That's urgent, right? It needs immediate attention, right? But if I immediately go and fix the urgent matter, what is the, what is the possibility that the important will not be addressed? That is always a challenge, especially in the workplace. To be able to discern the important from the urgent. So we need self-discipline so that we will be able to discern what is important over what is urgent. Self-discipline. If you were to do it in a formula, this is the formula we recommend God's will, done God, God's way, done in God's time, will always result in God's best. If you want God's best, apply this formula. God's will, done God's way, in God's time, will result in God's best. Let's look at the example of the disciplined life of Jesus. Solitude, the scriptures, supplication, a spirit-filled life, and a surrendered life. Let's look at Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led up to, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So what happened to Jesus? He was led by the Spirit into the desert. Right? For what purpose? That he would be tempted by the devil. Now certain times, God will allow us to go through testing. But it is not to tempt us. God allows testing so that our faith will be refined. That the testing of your faith might prove us faithful. And then, uh, and after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. Have you ever fasted? I'm not talking about the fasting that you're going to have your A1C blood test tomorrow. Okay? Fasting for a week? Fasting for a month? Fasting for 30 days? Fasting for 40 days? Jesus fasted and prayed for 40 days. Physically, will you be hungry? Oh, you just missed your potato chips. You're already hungry. 40 days. In the desert. Of course you will become hungry. Right? Then the tempter, the devil, came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones, become bread. Now, you see, the devil also knows your weakness. So, Jesus is hungry. What is the temptation? To eat. Hey, you are the Son of God. Just command the stone. They will become in and out. They will become bread. Therefore, you eat. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Jesus answered using the Scriptures. Then the devil took him into the holy city and, and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, Throw yourself down, for it is written, 
He will command His angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. What did Jesus say? And He said to him, On the other hand, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. You see, time and time again, the devil says, if you are really the Son of God, if you are really the Son of God, then do this, then do that. Show me a sign. Show me some wonders. If you are really the Son of God. What did Jesus reply? You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Sometimes we accuse God. God, you made me do it. God, you put me into this situation. So God, I had no other choice but to commit this. Wrong. The Bible does not only say, do not put the Lord your God to the test. James chapter 1 says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. That's why the, Lord pray, the Lord's prayer says what? Lead us not into temptation. Because the Lord does not tempt us. It is the devil who tempts us. So Jesus said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Friends, you, you and I have to be very careful. From this verse we know that the devil also has the power to enrich you. If enriching you will take your worship away from God, the devil will use that. Look at his offer to Jesus Christ. All you need to do, okay, all you need to do is bow down to me in worship and 50-50, half I will give to you. What did Jesus Christ say? Then Jesus said to him, Go, Satan, depart. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and began to minister to him. Was Jesus tempted? Yes. If you were Jesus, could you not have dispatched the angel? Yes or no? Could you not have called your angels to minister to you? Yes. Yes or no? Yes. But Jesus is giving us an example for us to follow. You fight the devil with the sword of truth, which is the word of God. And do not be surprised that you and I are not living victoriously when we are not reading our Bible. All we know, these past 30 plus years that you have been a Christian, is Jesus wept. That's the only Bible verse you have memorized up to today. Jesus wept. Next year, I will ask you, and then you will tell me, Tumangis si Jesus. You just translate it from English to Tagalog. You saw how Jesus fought the temptation? With the Word of God. He exercised self-discipline. You are not going to let me fall into that trap because I know the Word of God. And every time the devil tempted Jesus, he just replied, Man shall not live by bread alone. Depart from me. You shall worship God only and serve Him only. Jesus practiced self-restraint, self Discipline. Pastor Tim Keller says this, Real temptation is not to bad things, but it is the good things that, God, that you put in the place of God or the good things you put before God. 
Anything that you put in place of God or anything or anyone that you put before God, God considers an idol. And it is not the bad things. Why will the devil tempt us? You know, follow me and you will be miserable. Of course you will say no. But if the devil will tempt you about good things, guess what? you will miss out on the greater things that God is preparing for you. You will not be able to say, the best is yet to come. Why? You have settled for the good. You know, when I was still in CCF in Manila, Pastor Peter gave us a book. We are supposed to study, analyze, and discuss for Pastoral ministry. But it is a business book. I said, why would I study business? We're talking about the pastorate. Why are we going to talk about business? Because we get the business principle that we might be able to apply to the pastorate. You know the title of the book? Good to Great. Good to Great. The antithesis of greatness is being happy with the good. Because you're happy with the good, you don't aspire to be great. In Pilipina, in Pilipina, in Pilipino, in Tagalog, okay na. Happy na. Let's settle. This is it. Neutral. Okay, cruise control. Whatever you like to call it. Yeah, you can call it complacency. You can call it, I'm just happy. So you what? You miss out on the great because you're happy with the good. Of course, if I try to sell you something bad, you will not buy. So the devil will try to sell you something good so that you miss out on what the great things God is preparing for you. Now, how did Jesus practice self-discipline? Luke chapter 4 says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Full of of the Holy Spirit. You and I can only practice self-discipline if we are filled by the Holy Spirit. When a person comes to faith in Christ, he is indwelt. The Holy Spirit takes residence in that person's heart and life. Filling is day by day, moment by moment, Walk by the Spirit. Now, how do you walk? One step at a time. How do you breathe? One breath at a time. You don't take one long breath for the next 24 hours. You breathe in, you breathe out. You need the feeling of the Holy Spirit constantly. The feeling of the Holy Spirit is commanded. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we can only practice self-discipline if we are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and guess what? Self-control. Self-discipline. Self-discipline is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So if you do not have the Holy Spirit, guess what? You cannot exercise self-control. Jesus practiced self-discipline, self-control. Why? Because He was full of the Holy Spirit. And look at verse 23. Again, such things... There is no law. Imagine if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, your life will manifest love, agape love, joy in the midst of adverse circumstance, peace in the midst of turmoil, patience. Do you like to wait? Patience is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You will be kind to one another. You will be good to one another. You will remain faithful. You will remain gentle. And of course, 
you will be able to practice self-control. Self-discipline is taught by Jesus Christ. He did not only practice it, he taught it. In Luke chapter 29, he said, As he was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must what? Deny himself. Self-discipline. And take up his cross daily and follow me. Take up, number one, deny yourself. Number two, take up your cross. Number three, daily. Oh, God, I left my cross there at the altar Sunday morning. I'll pick it up next week. What will happen to you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? And you're being tempted left and right, morning, noon, and night by the devil. Sunday morning, you will come here to take up your cross. Your, you know, your black and blue, your clothes are tattered because the Bible says the devil prowls around like a roaring lion waiting for someone to devour. And you expect to win? You expect to stand victorious? You're not willing to practice self-discipline, to deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow Jesus? Remember the formula. God's will, that guns done God's way, done in God's time, will equal God's best. If you miss out on the formula, you will not get God's best for you. Lord, I am praying for your God's best for me. Yeah. How many of you have prayed like that? No, you don't want to raise your hand? That's okay. God knows your heart. <laughs> so you are waiting. Where is God? Where is my God's best? God, where is my God's best? And God is not sending your God's best. One of two things. You're not being God's best for your God's best. So when your God's best is looking for her God's best, they cannot see you. Because you're waiting for God's best, but you're not willing to be God's best. You're not willing to deny yourself. You're not willing to practice self-discipline. So what do you end up doing? Lord, anyone will do. True story. I will not mention the name because I do not have the liberty to share in great detail. This lady wanted this man. This man is not a follower of Jesus Christ. But she really wanted this man. So much so that during the premarital counseling, the lady taught the man the answers. So much so that the counselor said, wow, this man is more Christian than you. So they got married. Guess what? The day after they married, they got married. No more going to CCF. No more of that Christian, Christian stuff. You are now mine. They're no longer together. That husband almost ran me over during a couple's retreat. I was crossing. Ah, he almost ran over me. During the retreat, he was drinking. He had the brown bag there at the end. He even offered me, you want a drink? Why? Because the lady was not willing to wait. So in her mind, this is God's best. Pala, it was the worst. So follow God's principle. God's will. How do you know God's will? Read the Bible. God's way. Read the Bible. God's time. Read the Bible. Lord, when Lord, give me a day. What does the Bible say? With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years, like a day. Oh, Be careful what you ask. 
You see, emotional maturity is the ability to wait with a positive attitude. Okay, Lord, maybe not today. Then tomorrow, Lord, is today the day? Not yet, Lord. Just like the prodigal son. What did the father do? Every day he went out. Positive attitude. Maybe today my son will return. So I will go to a high place so I can have 360 degrees. Where is he coming from? Then, wala. Next day, he will come up again. Positive attitude. To wait on the Lord with a positive attitude. Right? Many of us wait, but we are waiting impatiently. Tagal. When? Maybe today, Lord. The willingness to postpone immediate pleasure for the sake of future and greater blessings. The best is yet to come. So do not settle on the good because God is preparing something great. Are you with me? Now why? Why do we have this? And how can we apply this in our lives? The psalmist wrote, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Do you notice some of the lyrics of the songs that we sang? I know only you are good. The devil will try to convince us that God does not want good for us. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait on the Lord. But immediateitis, immediate gratification will pull you the other way. And we manipulate people, we manipulate circumstances to get our way. Why? Because we are not willing to wait on and wait for the Lord. My friend, there is a hidden cost for you and I not willing to wait. There is a hidden cost to immediate gratification. It goes all the way back to the first book of the Bible. But before we go to the first book of the Bible, let me show you about a person whom we know. In Judges 16 verse 20, it talks about Samson. Samson before Judges chapter 16 verse 20, he told his parents, I want that woman. Even if that woman is not from their tribe. And if you read your Bibles in the Old Testament, it was part of God's plan that they marry from within their clan or they marry from within the Jewish nation. But Samson, no. I want that woman. The parents, for lack of discipleship, is there no other woman? No, I want that woman. So they got the woman for Samson. And later on, we all know what happened. We have the song. What's the song? Run, Samson, run. Delilah's on her way. Run, Samson, run. She went and got involved with Delilah. And then what happened? Time and time again, after being tempted, Samson, tell me the secret of your strength so I may turn you over to the Philistines. And Samson, toying and playing with Delilah, finally gave in. And then when he gave in and told Delilah the secret of his strength, guess what? She said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. He did that time and time again. But then, he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Because time and time again, he did not practice self-discipline. He did not practice listening to his parents. He did not practice obeying the word of God. Finally, the Lord left him. And they took him and gouged his eyes and made him a grinder 
in the Philistine temple. There is a hidden cost. Sooner or later. Because we are free to make choices. But we are not free to escape the consequences of those choices. Where did this all begin? In Genesis chapter 3. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted wisdom it would give her. Again, the stomach. You remember the first temptation of Jesus? What? Oh, you're hungry? Command the rocks to become bread. You can eat. The woman, Eve, saw that the fruit was good for food. Desirable for gaining wisdom. And pleasing to the eyes. So what did she do? She took some of the fruit and ate it. No self-discipline. Adam, can I eat? She could have done that, right? But she didn't. Of course, Adam was also silent. So both of them are at fault. She gave some to her husband who was with her. And what happened? He ate it too. At that moment, immediate, instant gratification. They ate, they savored the fruit, and at that moment, their eyes were opened. And they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sew fig leaves together to cover themselves. Immediate gratification. Immediately, their eyes were open. Sin had entered the world. Malice came into their nakedness. But more devastating is in verse 23. The Lord God banished them from the garden. And He sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. The worst to be separated from God. Why? They were not willing to wait. They were not willing to listen to God. But because God is holy and they had committed sin, they had to be banished from the presence of God. The sin of disobedience that Adam and Eve committed in the Garden of Eden has trickled and spread to everyone. Because Romans chapter 5, the hidden cause of sin is this. Therefore, just as through one man, Adam, sin entered into the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. So we are in good company. Because the Bible tells us that all of us have sinned. So no problem. Oh yes, problem. Because Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, The payment, the wages, plural, of sin, singular, is death. Death is translated as separation. God banished Adam and Eve from His presence. Adam and Eve were separated from God because of their sin. And you and I are separated from God because all of us have sinned. The wages of sin is death. And I praise God for the half of Romans 6.23. But the free gift of God is what? Eternal life, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love for us is unconditional. Even if we choose to be faithless, He will remain faithful because He cannot disown who He is. And God does not wait for us to change. He sent Jesus Christ 
to die for the payment of our sins, even if we ourselves have not yet turned away from our sins and turned to God. Because Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So think about this. If the wages of sin is death, and if Jesus Christ paid for the penalty of our sin, where can you find life for your soul? The answer is it can only be found in Jesus Christ. Because only Jesus Christ died for the payment of our sin. We run after so many things. We want everything now. We want to be A number one. We want to be the chairman of the board. We don't even want to go through the rank and file. We want everything now. And then we forget that there is a greater thing. There is Jesus Christ. There is salvation. And there is heaven to look forward to if you have Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ told us, what, For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Or what will you give in exchange for your soul? For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness, self-discipline, and worldly desires, and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age. My friend, there is salvation. And salvation is available to all men. But that salvation is only by God's grace. You cannot work for it. You cannot earn it. It is freely given. And you can have it right here and right now. It is not on the basis of what you have done or what you have not done. It is on the basis of what Jesus Christ has already done for you on the cross. That's why we can celebrate Easter. Easter is not about the bunny. Easter is not about the Easter egg. Easter is about the resurrected Christ. The grace of God manifest to take away the penalty of your sin and mine. Who went to the cross to pay for a debt he did not need to pay. To pay for the sins that he did not commit. So that we could be recipients of God's grace and receive salvation. If there is one thing that I would advise you, beloved, it is to avoid and if possible, remove the idea of immediate gratification. There is only one thing that I would challenge you to act on and to act on now. And my challenge to you is this. Receive the grace of God. Now. Because you and I never know. Just in the past two weeks, I have visited two people. Heart bypass. One was only 50 years old. The other one was 70. Daddy Harlego is here by God's grace. We prayed for him the last time. How young, Daddy? Oh, very young. 19 lang. I just transpose. 91. Praise God if we live up to 91. Right? Yesterday, I sent out another message. Bob Young, who is not really so young anymore, was brought to the urgent care. Praise God. He was released. So if there is one thing to take away from the message today, in all other things, avoid Immediate gratification. 
But do not delay. Do not delay in placing your trust in Jesus Christ. Because we don't know. And friend, you might be here. You're delaying. Maybe you're saying to yourself, I'm still young. I hope I have my whole life ahead of me. So I will just, uh, you know, uh, think about Jesus and salvation when I'm older. My friend, you don't even know if you will get older. So look at what Titus says. For the grace of God has appeared. And what does the grace of God, and who is that? That's Jesus Christ. And what does he bring? He brings salvation to all men. Instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age. As we close, have you received the grace of God? Have you really placed your faith in Jesus Christ? Salvation is a gift. It is received freely. It is offered to all. But not all may accept it. And to those who accept it according to this verse, there is an accompanying instruction that those who place their faith in Jesus Christ that those who receive the grace of God are instructed to deny ungodliness, worldly desires, live sensibly, live righteously, and godly in the present age. So I want to be very clear that while salvation is a free gift of God, there is an accompanying responsibility to live out your Christianity Trust Jesus Christ, but rely on the Holy Spirit to live Christianity out in your life. Because the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, faithfulness, kindness, goodness, and self-control. You and I cannot do it if we do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you are not willing to be led by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God Almighty, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth and the conviction that it brings. Thank you for the grace that is manifest in your Son, Jesus Christ. For we who are not deserving of eternal life, you have decided to give eternal life to us as a free gift because you love us unconditionally. God, if there is anyone here who is making that decision right now, will you speak to that person, Lord? Bring salvation to that soul. Bring the light of Jesus into that person's life. If you're here this morning and you want to come to faith in Jesus, just even in your own words, just thank Jesus for what he has done for you. Commit your life to him. And ask Him by His grace and by the power of His Holy Spirit to help you to live a life of godliness. To deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow Him. If you're here this morning and you already have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you're struggling with self-discipline, Ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you. Confess all known sin. And ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. And do your part to resist the devil. And he will flee. 
O gracious and loving God, we thank you that you are hearing our prayers even now. And that at your good time and pleasure, you will answer our prayers in accordance with your will. Teach us, Lord, to walk in selfless humility as we follow the model of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who also denied himself, who practiced self-discipline as a model for us to follow. And Lord, will you allow us to flee from the temptation of immediate gratification and instead practice self-discipline all the days of our life so that the glory goes to you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.